You're listening to episode 40 of The Rescue Pod. On this episode, we talk to Amanda Sykes from Small Paws Animal Rescue about her story and an exciting new project that will be launching soon. So let's get started. You're listening to The Rescue Pod, where animal rescue is always part of the conversation. Now, here's your host, Ryan Hutchison. Hey guys, how's it going? It is Ryan here and you are listening to The Rescue Pod. Very excited to have Amanda Sykes from Small Paws Animal Rescue with us this week. Thank you so much, Amanda. Really appreciate your time tonight. Thanks, Ryan, for having me. Awesome. Well, look, let's jump straight into it, Amanda. I want to know a little bit about you and how you got involved with Animal Rescue. So could you uh, enlighten us, please? Oh, goodness. It's such a long story, but I'll cut it short in less than 60 seconds. Um, I was made redundant in 2014 and I'd been at my job for 14 years and I needed something to do. So I didn't, you know, got a big golden handshake and didn't sort of want to start at work straight away. So I decided that I wanted to do something and I just saw all these posts pop, uh, popping up on Facebook saying they need transport for animals and things like this. So I actually did my first transport, <clears throat> excuse me, and it was transporting this dog that had mange and it was a really rainy day. I had to have all the, the windows down in the car and the car got wet, but I got the dog safely where it needed to be and he lived a very happy life after that. Um, so uh, doing a lot of transport and then getting a little bit more involved, a little bit more involved, a little bit more involved. And suddenly I sort of found myself in a place where uh, a lot of rescues did a lot of really good things and there was a lot of merit in what they were doing. Uh, but also too, uh, they were missing something um, and I decided to just start my own. So, you know, fast forward three and a bit years later and I started my own and here we are two and a bit years later and we've rehomed almost 200 animals uh, and done a lot of good um, in the community so far. Fantastic. Fantastic. And that's obviously talking about, yeah, small paws and more rescue. And it's, um, yes. it's, and that's, that's a really interesting um, origin story as well. So it's, it's really cool to see the kind of um, transition you've made um, from, from really being this helping hand to creating, um, yeah, to, to creating your own um, organization, which is just, is, and, and obviously it's no small task. And obviously that takes, um, that takes a great deal of, um, both, I guess, physical and mental um, fortitude, um, for sure, to kind of to kind of keep yourself going. And I guess um, one of the one of the big um, big things that uh, we are trying to push as well is um, foster carers as well, because that's a huge part of any um, rescue organisation. And I guess how how important would uh, would you say that foster carers are to small paws animal rescue, Amanda? The foster carers are the heart. They're the lifeline of um, the rescue. So if we don't have foster carers, we can't operate. Uh, we're very lucky that we've got around 120 volunteers in total. Uh, so we're not small, but we're not large. We're sort of sitting in that middle category where we have probably about uh, 70 foster carers and the rest are, uh, they do transport, they do fundraising events, uh, they'll go and pick things up if they need to be picked up and dropped off. 
um, they'll transport the animals to vet appointments and those sorts of things. So foster carers are our main uh, priority. We treat them like gold uh, when we get good ones. Um, and they really have to be um, willing to open their homes and their hearts because it's a big job and it's, it's something that takes a lot of emotional strain on them as well, especially if they've got families or uh, partners, um, those sorts of things. So they're the most important part of what we do because if we didn't have them, we couldn't do anything. Yeah, definitely. And look, one of the, I guess, the the big things um, I hear when people are, you know, considering um, becoming foster carers, um, but it's kind of holding them back is, is obviously one of the, you know, the, one of the things that kind of uh, scares people is that they, you know, fall in love with these animals and they just can't give them up. And obviously that's, um, that scenario does happen quite often. Um, but what would you say to anybody that's maybe looking um, at becoming a foster carer and how, I guess, to, um, to kind of spin it in a positive light in, in regards to, you know, you may you, you'll be giving this, this animal, um, a, you know, a second chance at life and finding its forever home. And obviously, um, yeah, what, what, what would you kind of say to those that kind of, because um, that's one of the things I hear quite often um, is that people are, um, you know, hesitant to become foster carers because they're just um, afraid that they just either, um, or that they just wouldn't be able to, to best hand over the animal um, when it was uh, able to find a suitable home. Yeah, uh, it's a very likely scenario and it's what we call a foster fail. Um, so in a positive light, it's foster fail. Uh, and people do often keep their, their animals. I've kept to myself, um, so I am guilty. Um, when we're talking about fostering, it's an opportunity for you to save a life, but you're actually saving two. When you take the animal into your home, you're making a space for another one in a pound or a holding facility or a council ranger station or something like that. So you're actually saving two lives, not just one if you foster. Um, a lot of foster carers um, don't know what fostering is about. Uh, it's taking them in, making them feel like part of your home, making them feel like part of your family. It's giving them that love that they've missed out on. And it's also taking the love from the animal as well. And that's why we do get uh, a few foster fails. That's not a bad thing. You can still foster fail and foster another animal if you're under your council um, regulations for dogs and cats, etc. So I guess they're more scared of how their children are going to react when the animal leaves. Uh, you can prepare them and we do help families prepare for those sorts of uh, days when they come around. Uh, there's other parts where they're afraid that something will go wrong with the animal when they have it in their care. Uh, no one's perfect. We also prepare for those scenarios. Um, and then it's when it comes time to say goodbye Perhaps they were always looking for that uh, forever family, that forever um, animal, and they actually found it. They just didn't realise until that last day. So, and we actually had some of those today. We had a family adopt two cats uh, who were actually being inquired upon. So they've been foster fails, but yeah, it was meant to be. No, fantastic. And I think, because one of the things um, we definitely talk about um, around here is um, successful adoption. And obviously, being able to uh, bring these animals into a home environment is vital um, for them being able to find their forever home. So I think that was incredibly well said. And I hope that it has um, maybe inspired some individuals um, to consider fostering in the future. Now, oh, I hope so. 
Yeah. And now I do know that one of the topics that you wanted to talk about tonight um, was assistance dogs with veterans. Now, would you care to elaborate on that, please, Amanda? Because I think this is an incredibly interesting topic. Um, and I think yes. the community would be really interested to hear about it also. Yeah, sure. Uh, this sort of goes back to basically when I was born, my dad was in the Navy for 33 years. So I have a very um, close affinity with the military um, uh, families. So I sort of was doing a job um, last year for the better part of 10 months and it was working very closely with um, military veterans with PTSD and depression uh, and other emotional um, concerns. So I got to speak to a lot of them and realised that uh, for some of them, a lot of them had a dog that, that would help them get up in the morning and, and do their things for the day. Um, and it was a very positive feeling for them, a very positive thing for them to do. So when um, I was given that opportunity and I met some really good people um, and they are wet vets, um, ADF and first responders, they're based out of Biwa. Um, we got to talking and we sort of got to understand that this is a very, um, oh, very, very sensitive topic uh, for military veterans and, and things because they're often their ailments are invisible. So we're not talking broken legs or, uh, you know, having a, an amputation or anything like that, which we do get though, uh, don't get me wrong but we're talking about PTSD and depression, anxiety, stress, uh, and those sorts of things where you can't actually see it, but it makes them feel very vulnerable. So I was talking with wet vets and we've become into this partnership and um, we're actually going into assistance dogs. Uh, it's going to be called CARE, um, Companion and Assistance Dogs with Respect and Education. So it's going to encompass a whole lot of things, not just providing the dogs to the veteran, but continue with their training, having them assessed, um, getting them their jacket with their badge so that they can go anywhere and everywhere, on trains, on, in taxis, into restaurants and those sorts of things um, where the veteran feels more comfortable because they have companionship um, and patting a dog or having a dog sit against you and feeling their warmth and their heartbeat and having them just sitting looking at you provides a sense of relief to the veteran and uh, companionship which helps them get through some really difficult situations. So that's what we're sort of looking at at the moment um, and we've started that and uh, we're just about to launch it in this next week. So We've got about eight or 10 veterans to start with. So it's going to be quite a, uh, in this situation, a large rollout because there's going to be about 10 people. We've got a couple of people in hospital that have their dogs with them because um, that's another place that they can go. They just can't go to an operating theatre. And it's a very big part of getting the veteran up out of bed, having them concentrate on something for the day having them uh, design a plan. So we design the training plan with them for their particular dog. And we have um, training sheets that they can work off. We have a training log. And we're just trying to get them to establish a routine for their day so that it takes their mind off all those things that are invisible to us as, as regular uh, public people, but is such a big burden to them and their dog takes that away for them in, in a little way, a, a, a medium-sized way or a big way. 
Fantastic. And it's, and it is, it is one of the things we are very much focused on as well is, is mental health. Um, because as you said, it's, it's not something that can be seen, um, but it's something that affects such a huge amount, even myself um, with anxiety. Um, and it's, it's can be so, um, yeah, it can be, it, it can be so intense um, and people cannot, yeah, it's, it's very, very difficult to, um, obviously in Australia, we do have, um, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a crisis. Um, but the, I guess with individuals like yourself, um, a real positive impact is being made. So now that's a really, really interesting, Amanda. And I'm really, really interested to follow, um, follow your progress on that because I think it's going to be incredibly, um, positive. Uh, and I think it's going to be incredibly cool to watch as well. Yeah, we're really excited. It's uh, it's one of those things where um, it's not for the, you know, not all of our volunteers will be involved uh, due to the nature, uh, but we do have some selected volunteers that are going through uh, certification for behaviour training and, and assessment on animals uh, and things like that. And they need to possess a certain, uh, I don't know the word, a certain degree of diplomacy, I suppose, when you're speaking to veterans, you know, you can't say, I understand how you feel. Um, you need to say it in a different way because we don't understand. Uh, we need to um, always presume that we have no idea what they're thinking. Um, but if that dog can help them, um, for example, one of my veterans told me that he asked his wife out on a date last week. So for him, that's a really big step to be able to go out and have lunch with their assistance dog. So he was so excited that he asked his wife out on a date and it's been such a long time for him. So those are the sorts of small changes that we're hoping to make. No, fantastic. And I think that's a, that's a, a really good way to, um, to, to finish us off. So thank you so much, Amanda. I really do appreciate your time tonight. And I hope that we can have you on the podcast again sometime soon. Now, how can any members of the community get in contact with you, Amanda? Um, if you sure. just broke your, your pages and, and any way that anybody can get in contact with you, I'd love um, to open the, the floor to you. Great. Thank you. Um, so we are on Facebook, Small Paws Animal Rescue QLD. Uh, we're also on Instagram, Small Paws Animal Rescue QLD. Um, we're also uh, on the web, www.sparqld.com. Um, and yet you can find us in any of those sorts of places and, uh, you can email us, you can message us, you can ask questions. Um, and the good thing too, about everything that we do is we actually follow through with, um, veterinary advice and, and all that sort of stuff. So for example, I'm actually becoming a vet nurse. Um, we also have vet nurses on our page. We go to vet, um, seminars and all those sorts of things to keep our knowledge up. Uh, and we offer all of that to people that would like to look to foster. Um, we give them that opportunity to grow. Um, and yeah, it's a really good thing to not only just foster an animal, but donate some time, volunteer your time, become a foster carer and really sort of give back. And it's giving back in a really positive, friendly and loving, caring way. Brilliant. I think that was an awesome, awesome way to finish. Thank you so much for your time, Amanda. And on behalf of the community, um, we, all, we all really greatly appreciate it because I think this has been a really, really interesting episode. Um, and I think that a lot of people are going to get a lot out of it. So until yeah, next time, thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate you having some time for us tonight. 
And that was episode 40 of the Rescue Pod. Once again, I'd like to thank Amanda for coming onto the podcast. I thought that was a really, really interesting episode, and I, I really hope that you got some value from it as well. It's going to be really interesting to uh, follow her progress on this new project, um, and I'm really looking forward to hopefully um, having her on again in the future uh, to give us a little bit of an update. Now, all the links that she did mention will be um, below this episode, wherever you are listening, um, they'll all be there. And if you'd like to connect with us, then you can do so at Team Good Boy Frank on Facebook and Instagram, or you can contact me directly, Ryan at goodboyfrank.com. So that is it for this week. And until next week, take care and all the best. Bye.